get to experience as we express our longing to be with you and the hope that we have of eternity with you. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house today. You know, Joe, uh, I always thought it was going to be me that they turned off. And, and so that's always been my biggest fear that my microphone just wouldn't work anymore and that they got tired of listening to me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I got to give Joel a hard time. Actually, I better be nice to Joel for the next couple of days because I need something from him. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you, praise team. Practice all morning and, and then we get some little things in there sometimes. So we thank the Lord that for bringing us through. Lots going through my mind today uh, with the songs we sang and, and uh, you know, eternity and how awesome that's going to be. But, but part of me sometimes, uh, uh, are we really, really excited to see about seeing Jesus and his return? And, and it, my biggest fear is, is that, that we can get it so good sometimes that, that we think this earth is even comparable to heaven. And, and, and it's not, guys. Um, if we could get a glimpse of what we sang about today, we would be still running around the room today praising his name. Uh, we'd still be rejoicing because it's going to be fabulous. We will not be able to comprehend uh, Joe, when you mentioned that, the, I wondered what the worship team would be playing that day, and the Lord spoke to me, you're the worship team, and man, we're going to be singing his praises when we get that completeness that we sang about and talked about today, and that full knowledge of God and understanding, and, and we're going to be so complete uh, I hear of all these things and everybody trying to guess what heaven's going to be and how it's going to be and what we're going to do and this and that. Uh, I think we're going to be so blown away by the presence of God, we're just basking in him. Right. And, and uh, you know, I thought today that, I don't know if some of you knew, but Mark Tidball uh, passed away last week in an accident. And, and I thought, well, both Marks will be standing on each side of me worshiping God, you know, my brother Mark and Mark Tidball, and, and we're just going to be rejoicing and, and just entering into him. Right. Uh, lots of things were going through my mind, but probably the one thing that always goes through my mind the most is we can have heaven on earth. And, and and I say that, I don't think it'll ever be 100% like it's in heaven, but I believe we can have glimpses of heaven on earth. But it's how much that we yield and humble ourselves to come before the Lord to receive that. Right. And, and I thought to myself, as we were worshiping today, what fears do we have that totally keep us from yielding to God. You know, even worshiping today, what do we fear that keeps us from raising our hands? You know, what 
do we fear that keeps us from yelling out, praise your name? Um, the team was winding down and I was getting wound up and, and I shouted, hallelujah. And then they got quiet and I started to shout it again and I feared been out of order. What fears keep us receiving from God? And, and that's what the Lord has put on my heart today that, that sometimes we fear man more than we fear God and so we don't experience heaven on earth like we could. And if we would quit fearing men and women in this world and what they thought and started fearing God and who he is, we could experience heaven on earth. We could have a Holy Ghost revival that lasted for years. But we have fears. We have fears if I run past 10 or 11 o'clock today that my stakes are going to be run at home. So thus I can't enter in. We have fear of what somebody else will think if we do this or that or the other. When if we completely stopped worrying and fearing what people think and start fearing what God thinks, it would change our lives. It would change our lives. And I'm going to try to bring this across today. The last time I spoke two weeks ago, weren't the testimonies awesome last week? Just give them a, a hand, those that shared last week. But, but they laid their fears down at Kansas City, and that's why they were able to get up and share the testimonies. They laid down the fears that I don't have time to go, I don't have the money to go, I really don't want to go. But they laid that down because they feared God's word of asking them to go. And they humbled themselves and they went. And because of that, they had a testimony. That's another example of laying things down and quit worrying about what everybody thinks because it holds us back. But a couple weeks ago, I was talking out of Philippians and, and how that Philippi, or was, Philippians was the was the, a book of joy. And I looked it up this week because I, I want to read to you Philippians 2.12, and this isn't on the slide. If you're following along online, it's not in the sermon notes. And if you're on the app, it's not in the sermon notes. But by the way, welcome everybody that's joining us online or through the app. But we see in the book of Philippians, joy or themes of joy are mentioned 14 times in four chapters, which means 3.5 chapters, joy, or 3.5 times per chapter, joy is the theme. And then right in the middle of the chapter, in Philippians 2.12, out of the blue... Paul's talking about joy and he's talking about excitement. He's talking about this, all these cool things to the Philippians, or the church of Philippi, that is. He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He just throws that in there. We're talking about joy 
And then he throws in and work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And we get a problem, especially as Americans, I fear nobody. That's our problem. We hear the word fear and we, we, we guard ourselves. Paul wasn't making a mistake in this book. What Paul was telling the church was to humble yourselves to God like Jesus humbled himself to you. Because humbling yourself before God is what will bring you joy. That's what he was trying to say in this book. He was saying when you stop fearing men and you start fearing God by humbling yourself to God and saying, here I am, that's when you're going to experience the purest joy of all. So until we fear God more than anything else and humble ourselves before God, we cannot experience the totality of his joy. James 4.12 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Exalt here means to raise you up into the fullness of God, into his glory. And when that happens, that is joy. Joy. Humble yourselves before God. Fear him and not men. And you'll walk in pure joy. The title of the sermon today is Deliberate Fear. And I did that so everybody would ask questions. Why is he saying that? And it'll make you remember it. But, but when we humble ourselves by being intentional about working out our salvation, we will have that pure joy that we so desire in the Lord. And so when we deliberately... In other words, deliberately means to think, to discuss every issue, every decision carefully. So when we deliberately are working out our salvation with fear and trembling, we're studying and we're, we're thinking ahead to see that we're humbly before God and that our fear is in the right places to receive the totality of joy. Today, I'm going to read from Jesus' own words in Luke 12. That was the main thing I wanted to talk to you about today, today, but the Lord put this on my heart before I came in here today. And I wanted to build into Luke 12. In Luke 12, it says, and again, Jesus is doing the same thing here. He's, he's telling us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. He's telling them to examine our lives, to humble ourselves so that we can receive him totally in pure joy and, and love and, and all the fruits of the spirit that resides in us. But Luke 12, 1, in the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another. I want you to remember that. Trampling one another. He began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. 
Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you, whatever you whispered in the private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Now, a lot of times, again, I wasn't even addressing this, that last few words there, what we proclaim, what we do in the dark, all these things. And the Lord spoke to me during the worship today that so many times we take that as basically if you're sinning in the dark, it's going to come out. If you're doing things that, that, that people don't know about, it's going to be revealed. First off, God knows it. Second off, uh, people are going to find out it's going to be revealed. So we, in fear, a lot of times, we're worried about what people find out about us. And I do think it means that there a little bit. It'll be revealed. It'll be brought to light. But what the Lord really spoke to me is we're believers here today, and we're doing our best to serve God, but, but the Lord said what we confess with our mouth behind the scenes, what we speak with our lives about the things of God is, is what's going to be revealed in our lives. Meaning if I walk around church and, yeah, Joe, I'm doing awesome, but at home things are horrible. And, and I'm confessing bad things over my marriage. I'm confessing bad things over my family. I'm confessing bad things over my friends, everything else. What we speak is what we are. And, and we can live out this lie and speak these things. How you doing today, Kent? Well, I'm doing awesome. Praise God. But at home, uh, Joe's an idiot. I can't believe you asked me that today. Joe, I can say that, can't I? Yeah, that's right. There's so many Joes, Joels, whatever in this church that it doesn't matter which four of you am I talking about. But I don't want to lose train of what I'm trying to, I'm trying to say what the Lord said to me. But maybe in, 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 at home, in darkness, in the hidden places, we need to start proclaiming his word. Speaking his word over the situation instead of drowning in it. I hear it all the time when I'm at church. I'm, I'm great, pastor, but it's when I get home, we'll start speaking life at home. Start looking for Jesus at home. Start fearing God instead of fearing your problem. So the Lord was kind of telling Oakton today, yeah, you probably don't have these secrets of, of whatever it is in the background. You're probably not cheating on your wife or your husband, but what are you speaking in the dark over your family and your lives? Because it's going to be revealed. What we confess is revealed. If we confess Jesus, we are saved. If we confess these things over our life. Anyhow, I don't want to chase that rabbit too long, but the Lord pressed that upon my heart. How did I get so late here? He goes on to say in verse 4, uh, I just see proclaiming from the housetops. Maybe if we would start proclaiming from the housetops, Jesus is Lord. It would change our life and bring joy to our situations. Verse 4, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more they can do. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? 
and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered, fear not, you are more valuable than the sparrows. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name tonight, and Lord, today, Lord, I ask that your words, your words going to go forth, Lord. I ask that we open our ears to hear, Lord. I ask that I open my mouth to speak what you would have us to hear today. And Lord, I ask that, that we would fall in, in, on, on your heart today and fall upon you by our knees and just say, God, here I am. Father, examine me. Make me what you want me to be. Father, prepare my heart for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. But Jesus was saying is don't fear those who have no real power. And that's our stumbling block as believers too many times. We fear everybody but the one we should be fearing, and that's God. We fear the government. We fear our boss. We fear this. We fear that. And Jesus said, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after they have nothing more they can do to you. So the most any human person in this world can do to us is take our life. But we live forever in Jesus Christ. And if we got a hold of that today and knew that we live forever, we would stop fearing doctors. We would start fearing health. Uh, when it comes out, you got something going on in your life. We would stop fearing the things of this world and start fearing God because we know that he's the ultimate. So when we fear men, that's saying we're humbling ourselves before them instead of God. Fear of man causes us to procrastinate and make bad decisions. And Jesus said, if this continues, it can kill the body. And, and that's where me and Jim were talking the other day. There's so much going on in the church that, that I want to discern and do the right thing. But I worry about procrastinating because and doing the wrong thing because of fear. And there's that constant battle to make the right decision and do the right thing. So we need to be deliberate with our fear. Deliberate in making sure that I'm not procrastinating, but I'm being discerning. I'm not worried about what people think. I'm really worried about what God will think. And we press into that. Because it will kill our families it'll kill our marriages it'll kill our church it'll kill all these other things if we start fearing men instead of god black thursday october 24 1929 the big crash fear of men fear of worrying about what people think fear of all these things people jumped 40 floors to their death that just blows my mind that, that I am so fearful of what men think about me that I'm willing to take my life because I have no, well, no value anymore. When, if we would fear God, we would find that value in ourselves and have complete joy. You see where I'm heading today? You know, I, I think of the COVID thing. And guys, I know that it's a touchy subject, but, but we had all these mandates and everything was, this country was shut down out of fear. 
But was it fear of God or was it fear of man? Where's our fears? We need to be deliberate on deciding what we're going to do. And a lot of times we, when we try to handle things, we again blow them out of proportion or, or we do things we wouldn't normally do out of fear. And the reason I say that when I was working on this, I went to see Joshua this weekend and, and anyway, um, he, he shows me this text that the CDC sent out for schools. And the title of it was CDC ends test to stay for the schools relaxes COVID rules. Those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus. It is no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms in most settings. And I don't get up here to, to do a political rant or to tell you to choose sides, but you see the extremes and, and how we're all over the place. And I say to you, if we fear God and humble ourselves before God, he will tell us how to handle this and we will operate in complete joy while we're doing it. Give me an amen. Come on, I'll ask for it. Because that's where we got to be. We got to be deliberate. You know, we got a lot of things going on right now, and we need to be deliberate in, in, in knowing who we fear, whether we fear men or whether we fear God. We got to get there. Because something that scared me more than anything in this is there's a thousand people that were going to Christ, which is a good thing. They were going to church. They were going to seek Jesus. They probably had selfish ambitions, some of them. Some of them probably went to worship, but they were going to see Jesus. And it said they were trampling and crushing one another. We're coming to see Christ, and we're trampling and we're crushing one another. And I thought, why did he put that in there? Because it was going to him, that's a good thing. But again, when our fear is misplaced, we do things that we're not proud of. We make mistakes. I can remember Karen and I went to a concert in Joplin, and I was so disgusted on how Christians were acting, I almost left. Because if I was an unbeliever and I saw Christians fighting over seats or not willing to give up their seat instead of arguing with somebody for two hours that it was their seat, come on. Our fears are misplaced. We need to fear God rather than men. We need to humble ourselves before for God and love people and man with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Amen. Yeah, Christians do trample one another to gain position in Christ. Even the disciples were asking Jesus, well, who is the greatest in heaven? Who is the greatest to you, Christ? In Luke 24. And we need to get that behind us and stop fearing the importance of who's important to man. And, and, and say, Jesus, I fear you and I humbly serve you and, and you can have all of me. With what we're dealing with in the Methodist Church, we see over the past 30 years that the United Methodist Church has has just humbled themselves to man and given into their fears 
instead of having a godly fear of the word. And we see that it that the people in the denomination are being trampled on that are that that that, that oh, all because we have misplaced fear. Whenever a church begins to worry more about what the world thinks than what God thinks, we're in trouble. But guys, in your individual lives, when you begin to worry about the, what the world thinks more than, than what God thinks, you have misplaced fear. Because first off, you make up the church. <laughs> you get that? So it starts with us as individuals. Do we have misplaced fears or are we humbly bowed before the Lord? Jesus warns us to beware of this leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. In other words, be weary of giving into fear of what men think because that was the Pharisees. They spoke what everybody wanted to hear, but in secret, they were looking for ways to crucify the Christ. When we're out in public, do we act like we are men and women of God, but in secret, we're crucifying Christ with our witness? I'm talking to me too, guys. I've got so much to work on. The more I read the word and study the word, the more I praise God for his grace because I need it. But instead of just staring at the problem, if we would place our fear in God and not what men think, we would overcome it and operate in total joy. Humble yourself before the Lord. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. God wants to move on your life. We just got to allow him to by humbling ourselves. Two, point two, fear the one who determines your eternal destiny. Jesus said, but I warn you whom to fear, fear whom who after he has killed has authority to cast you in hell. Yes, I will tell you, fear him. I've kind of hit all over this today. God's the one that we need to fear. Have a hard respect for, a love for somebody that we're willing to humbly bow down and say, God, I am yours. But we're choosing our destiny today. We're, we're determining our destiny by where we place our fear. If we fear men and worry about what they think and never choose Jesus, then we receive hell. But if we, we fear the Lord and humble ourselves and say, Father, I repent and I need you as Lord in my life and I confess and believe in you and I want to be baptized and Lord, I'm going to do the best to serve you. That is a fear that gets you eternal life. But every decision we make affects where we spend eternity, how we do things in our own life, daily decisions. Be deliberate in making every decision based on fearing God and not man. 
Psalms 103 says, As a father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Fear him. God has given us the power and the love to manage our fears. We quote this all the time, and, it, and I keep harping on this, but 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. By the power and the love, we can take control of our life. We can have self-control as we're looking and being deliberate to see that we are following the Lord. I hear it all the time. I can't help it. It's out of my control. No, God is getting, you know, we always said, I don't need to be scared. That's true. God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind or a disciplined mind. So God has put it in us that we have power and love in us of God to have self-discipline. So we can't stop doing things we shouldn't be doing instead of fearing them. I fear I can't quit. I fear I've been battling this for 10 years. I, I just can't. That's what we're speaking in the dark, in the light. Oh, I've got it together. God has given us the power and love to have self-discipline. We don't have to cave in to the the ugly fear. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed to the housetop. If you got secrets in here today and, and you don't want them anymore, then speak to the Lord and give them over to him and start speaking life into those situations. Point three, have no fear. Jesus is here. I kind of like that when it rolled off, didn't it? Have no fear. Jesus is here. Taking control over our man-made fears. One, recognize God loves you and values you. I'm telling you how to do this is what we're moving into. Recognize Jesus is here. And I already blew the Logan. I go go back and look at it. Have no fear. Jesus is here. Then I'll go back and recognize that God loves you and values you. Get this today. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them forgotten by God? Think about that. I did. I looked it up. Back then, sparrows were sold to the poor. Two sparrows, or excuse me, five sparrows were sold to the poor for two pennies. And God valued those sparrows. So the lowest of the lowest thing that they, Jesus could talk about, or one of them, was the sparrow. I can remember as a kid, Dad would always say, go to the hog barn and tear down all the sparrow nests because they carry disease. And I would tear down sparrow nests. You guys can get me after me after lunch. And the little birds are going, I crushed them. No, I'm kidding. I wasn't that cruel. Anyway. But they were the lowest of lowest. And they were saying, God, God sees them. God recognizes them. 
Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. You're valuable to God. Then he goes on to say, and I think, I was thinking on this, why did he say all the hair on your head, every hair of your head are numbered? And I I thought, you know, puck, I I did. Gosh, I got two there. So I'm two less than I had. But but what God did is is he used something that, that is vulnerable to us. I, I, you're vul- most people that are fighting baldness are vulnerable. Uh, I like going up there and watching because you can see all the bald stops working up on the guys. And I can go up to them and say, hey guys, we got a little baldness going on. Well, I noticed the other day, I'm starting to get a cup through here. And I'm conscious of it. And, and God uses something that, that men are conscious on here today. And, and really women, I could see women even be being more conscious, but I looked it up. But ABC News reported that 10% of American men spent $1 billion a year on shampoos, hair pieces, lotions, pills, and transplants to cover up their exposed heads. $1 billion a year. Harvey's like, I got it. I'm good. I got it. I got it. We're good. Guys, that survey was in 2001. Just think what we're spending on that today. But God used something here that maybe makes us feel vulnerable to tell us that, hey, I know every hair on your head that you're trying to keep there, minus two. Because I love you. I've not forgotten you. You're more valuable than many sparrows. Two, we must address our fears. Jesus goes on to say, do not be anxious. And we're going to jump down to Luke 12, uh, 22 through 31, but I'm in 22 now, but still in Luke 2. But do not be anxious about your life or fearful, fearful about your life. And some other things I think that that, that we may recognize that God loves us, but we're feel for, fearful of some thir- certain things. 1224 addresses providing for our families. You know, we, we we're fearful that we can't do that. God says, consider the ravens. They neither sow or reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? So again, he keeps speaking value in us and letting us know that I love you, you're valuable, and I'm going to provide for you. Fear not. What about money? You know, we fear that that we're making money, being prosperous and envied by man. And Jesus says in 1227, considers the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of them. And Solomon was one of the kings, the most richest, most prosperous, envied king of all times in the Bible. And God's saying that I'll do not only the same, that I'll do more for you. You're valuable. Fear him. Three, instead of fearing God, Jesus said, or excuse me, instead, fear God. Jesus said, seek his kingdom and the things that, and these things will be added to you. And I quote that from Matthew all the time, 633. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added. 
Well, that's what Jesus was saying. These things that I just talked about, you will have them and many more things. But he goes on to say in 33, fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. We need to recognize that God wants to give us the kingdom. God wants to bless our lives. So many times we run around and shoot off our mouths and said, God did this to me. God took my brother. God took Mark, Tidball. God did all. We, we, we blame God for everything. When God is here and he desires to, to, to give you pleasures of his kingdom, he desires to take the heavy loads off of us. He desires to help the brokenhearted, not only help the brokenhearted, but to heal the brokenhearted. But we got to humble ourselves and seek him. We've got to give it all to God for our time, our tithe, and our talents, and you'll be rich and prosperous and envied by men. You know, we argue over the tithe all the time. I hear the fear that I can't tithe because I can't afford it. That's a manly fear. When God's fear is you give God what's his. The thing is, God doesn't need it. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. He just wants you to see you be obedient. But with your time, your tithe, and your talents, God wants all of you. But do we just want parts of him? When we need him, we need to humble ourselves and, and put him over all these. But Jesus said, sell your possessions and give to the, to the needy and store up treasures in heaven that does not fail. Luke 12, 33. So you want to know how much to tithe? Give it all. You know how much time you give God? Give it all. You know how much talent you give God? Give it all. Store up treasures in heaven is what Jesus would tell you. Because everything here is going to burn. The only thing that won't burn is the treasures we stored in heaven. Jesus goes on to say in 12, 35, and 36, stay dressed for action and keep your lamp burning and be like men waiting for the master to come home for the wedding. What did we sing about today? I'll be honest with you. I don't think you guys are that excited about it. You're excited as you could be. And I'm just being blunt. I'm not as excited about it as I should be. All we did was sing about Christ's return today. Are we excited about that? That's what we live for. Are we dressed for action all the time? Or are we just saying in the light, yeah, pastor, use me all you want, but in the darkness, I, I bless God, don't let him call me. Man, I can't do that. What fear do we serve, the fear of man or the fear of God? In closing today, if the praise team wants to come forward, the Lord put this on my heart, and I could preach for weeks on this. But I'm going to ask you to think about it. Point four, and I don't know how to word this, but, but what would it look like if we completely humbled ourselves before God? What would it look like if we had a fear of God and no fear of man? If you were, had no fear of men, what would you do different? Then that's what you should be doing.
We stay at jobs because we fear things and we're miserable. When God said, come over here and your joy will be full. And again, I'm telling you, don't go quit your job because I said that today. You better make sure God told you to quit your job. But I'm saying I know the Lord speaks things over us. That's what I've been so convicted of. I think it was Joe. I talked to so many people this week. I think it may be Jim. But, but God has showed me so many things that, that we could be doing. And I started noticing where, what happened over here. Man, what happened over here? This one here was the fear of man, but this one here is busyness. What keeps us from operating in what God's called us to do? In other words, what could we gain for the kingdom of God if we had no fear of man, but only a fear of God? When somebody tells us at work that, oh, that Christianity is a bunch of bogus, and we go, oh, what, 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 oh, they'd never say a word. But if the Lord nudges you and speaks something to you, then I would fear the Lord and say it. Because people need Jesus. Most of the time, the, the most confrontational things that I think I'm heading into, that if I resist the fear of men, and it's tough. I went to a deal the other day. I was literally shaking in my boots before I walked in the door. But I was more fearful of God. And God walked in that door, and God moved, and we had a time. We would not have had a time if I wouldn't have got past the fear of men. And so many times we move up out in God until fear comes in and it stops. We need to start fearing God more than men. And fearing God is humbling yourself before the Lord and working out your salvation with fear and trembling because God wants to exalt you. Lift you up. God wants to make you better than you've ever been. And, and he's got the perfect plan, the perfect way, the perfect everything. But fear stops us from receiving. What do you fear today? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love to break it, to have self-control. Don't be deceived by Satan. So many of you are trapped in a fear that you're stuck. How many feel stuck today? Let's be bold today. I feel stuck. Just raise your hand up. I don't think I can get out of this spot. Thank you guys for being honest. I feel stuck. I fear it. And we need to come against that and say, but God, I fear you more. Be like the centurion. Lord, I believe in you, but help my unbelief. And I keep telling you guys, just keep, it's going to sound horrible, but when even you don't, whenever you're having trouble believing it, keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. When you feel tired and weary, keep speaking it. And when you're, when you're feeling it, rejoice. But we feel stuck. And God wants to break that today. So let's stand to our feet today. If you're not saved, come to these altars for prayer.
But if you feel stuck over a situation, if fear controls you in any way, I want you to come to these altars and just lay it at the altar. Even if you come up, just, just to break that fear to come up and just go, I hear you, Pastor. Because some of you won't respond today out of fear and God wants to break you down in a good way. We'll sit in our seats every Sunday because of fear of what people think. That's a fear of man. We need to have a fear of God. God's dealing with me and here I come, Lord. So the altars are open. Do what you will with it. I'm done. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you today. And Father, as you have examined our hearts today, Lord, I ask that you move across us today and throughout the week, Lord. Let us humble ourselves before you. Father, let us fear you above men and above this world and above the enemy. And Father, let us press into you. But Father, we yield ourselves today and ask for a move of your spirit upon us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we lay these fears at the altars. In Jesus' name, we lay these fears at the altar. Father, we give them to you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Father, we yield completely to you today, Lord. Don't sit in your seat. Break these fears down. Break these fears down. Say, I don't want them no more. I'm tired of fearing the loan payment. I'm tired of fearing the crop failure. I'm tired of fearing all these things. And Father, I give them to you today. Father, I humbly lay them before your feet and say, Lord, help me to get my eyes on you to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. And that basically means respect, Lord, that I love you more than anything. And I give it to you today. What's your fears today? Don't walk out of here in fear because the enemy's eating your lunch. It's time to break it. Thank you, Lord. Joe, whenever you guys are ready, sing. And if you need prayer, come to me. Some of you are hanging on. You're worried about what people think. The people here love you. And they're going to be praying for you. We want you to have the fullness of the Lord in your life. Come to him. Come to Jesus, all who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Father, we lay these fears before you today. Father, we cast them out. Father, Father, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Father, give us that sound mind, Father, to walk through. And Father, overcome these things in our life that hold us back. But Father, we want all of you today, Lord. Father, we humbly come before you today and say, here I am. Father, I want all of you, Lord. I know you care for me. And Father, I lay my fears at your feet today. And Father, I continue to just give all of myself to you today, Lord. Father, consume me. Fill me full of your presence, Lord. Fill me full, Lord. I want all of you. And Lord, drive out these fears in Jesus' name, Lord. Father, these fears are gone in Jesus' name. Fear be gone in Jesus' name. You 
Father, fill these people with your Holy Ghost. Father, renew them and refresh them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we want all of you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? We need to walk in this victory. Times aren't going to get easier. Times are going to get harder in this world. But those that hope in the Lord, he's going to renew their strength and they're going to soar on wings of eagles. Guys, in the last days, we will be thriving. 
You can be thriving no matter what's going on around you because God is your king. Jesus is your Lord. Amen. Joel, I'm feeling led to have you preach. Can you, or preach, you can do that too, but pray. Uh, you can preach, pray, whatever, but, but I'm having, feeling led to have you pray for us today. Or if you need to say something, do that, and I've lost my life. I'm probably not going to quote this right, but Romans 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all hope as you wait expectantly for him. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have. Oddly enough, that hope begins with fear because we have to realize that we need you. Self-sufficiency won't cut it. Self-righteousness won't cut it. But you are all sufficient and you are perfectly righteous. And we thank you for the hope that we have because of your sufficiency and your righteousness that you so freely give to us. Our hope is rooted not in things that are temporal, things of this world. Our hope is rooted in you, the eternal one. Hope is rooted in your word, which stands forever. Our hope is rooted in Jesus, who is the great I am. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for the hope that we are going to have as we leave this place, because your spirit goes with us and and lights a fire inside of us that is unexplainable. Lord, we yield ourselves to you because we need you, but also we yield ourselves because we want you. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.